Welcome to Be A Better Speaker with me, Graham David, expert speaker. And this podcast is for you if you want to be a better speaker, facilitator, presenter or trainer. It's full of practical tools, tips and techniques to help you be better. This podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk. In this episode, we're going to be talking about storytelling. And if you've heard the other episode, which is called Introduction to Storytelling, the clue is somewhat in the title there. This is a stage further on in the narrative. This is some of the some of the how to use stories. So in that episode, I talk about the power that stories have to convey information, even hard technical information, even um, big strategic ideas, even we, this is why our business should take this direction or whatever your proposition is going to be. Stories are a fantastic way to, to package up all sorts of ideas, frequently contradictory ideas, and present them to your audiences in a way that their audiences' brains can actually start to, to work with and to, to understand and to process all of the data that has been given to them. <clears throat> so you know the power of stories. You know you've probably grown up with stories. If you have children in your life, uh, stories are very important. TV, cinema, films, these are still uh, far and away the most popular forms of entertainment for many, many people. <clears throat> all of which, of course, are about telling and hearing stories. But when you are first talk to people about bringing some stories into their work presentations there is frequently a little bit of nervousness which I understand and the nervousness comes from at my workplace we're engineers or we are uh, hard data driven uh, KPI type people Uh, my boss doesn't like all of that pink and fluffy stuff what he wants is just the details Um, my manager doesn't care about all that stuff as far as she is concerned she just wants to know are we doing our job now all of that of course is true so you're going to pick your audience and you're going to pick your topic you're going to pick your time but it doesn't detract from the absolute fact that the story just helps an audience to follow along with what's going on and to make all sorts of connections and links that just aren't as obvious to most of us uh, in a way that a, a spreadsheet or a, a pie chart <clears throat> um, is presented, it, it, it can take us far, far further than just cold, hard data. So if we understand that there are benefits to storytelling and we want to start dipping our toes into that particular technique, how do we get into it? Well, the first question is always, well, where do I get my stories from? This is a slightly depressing question because when you're not at work... You tell and you hear stories all the time. And these can come from absolutely anywhere. So little ideas will come to you from books or films or television. Or you'll find stories all over LinkedIn. If you look at, if you look at LinkedIn or whatever your, your favourite professional networking platform is, you will find that people use stories throughout in order to make their particular case they want to sell something or they want to introduce you to their service they'll often use a story in order to grab your attention and lead you down the route that they want you to go you get stories from life things happen in life all the time now those things in life happen at work and they happen at home and they happen to people who know people 
the old urban legends thing, you know. Did this thing really happen, or is it just quite a useful story? And then there are jokes. I mean, jokes are quite an interesting way to get into some of the details that you want to talk about. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee whatever you do for a living, if you were to Google that word with the word jokes, or funny, or cartoons... Um, or put them into YouTube, you will find a whole range of comedy around that particular job or career. So those would be really good, powerful places to start from to begin to get some stories. Now, my personal perspective is I like stories that I've heard about firsthand or have happened to me because you're unlikely to forget the details of those. But wherever you get them from, there are a range of places. So one of the first things you need to start doing is as and when you hear any story that sounds like it could be an analogy for what you sometimes talk about or sounds like it demonstrates uh, the downside of not doing what it is you talk about a lot. If you hear a joke that is a funny joke but also makes a kind of a point that you sometimes make when you're pitching or presenting these are your starting points so the first thing you do is you start whether you write them down jot them down record them yourself film yourself saying them i don't know but you need to make sure you get them otherwise you're going to be like that person that gets halfway through a joke at the party and then remembers they don't know the punchline so that's your first stage start to gather them from all over the place now the second thing to do is when you tell a story and there's a lot of business stories around, don't pretend it happened to you if it didn't. So frequently motivational speakers will use stories. And sometimes these stories are from history, sometimes they are uh, sports or famous people, sometimes they're jokes presented as real. Um, (coughs) And if they're talking about a famous person or if they're talking about a historical moment then that's okay, because you've kind of explained where the stories come from. But I have seen speakers tell a story as though it actually happened to them. The problem is, I know it didn't, because I've heard the same story from other speakers. Now, you may well think back 20 years to a time you saw some manager who was retiring and he or she told a story that was perfect for your purposes now, and you think, that's it, I'm going to use that as mine. The problem is, somebody, one day, if you use that story enough, will have heard its origin. So don't ever, ever, ever claim stories as your own. I've seen it happen to people, and you can imagine, can't you? You're stood there telling your killer line, and somebody in the audience knows that didn't really happen. Now, whether or not they come up to you and say, yeah, that story, heard that before, which is just or inspiringly awkward, or whether <coughs> or whether or not uh, they don't say anything, but now it's out there. People know that at least one thing you said, and you passed off as true, didn't happen. So in terms of credibility, don't do that. The next thing is, what's the makeup of your story? And there's a balance to be done here, and the only real way to get this balance right You need to watch people who are very good at telling stories. And one of the best types of of, of, uh, research, I guess, that I I would suggest you do here is to look at comedians. 
Now, comedians naturally will tell a lot of stories, particularly ones who use stories as opposed to jokes. Now, Billy Connolly, of course, has, has been famous for years as a storyteller, but <clears throat> whoever your, your personal favourite of telling stories is, that's the person to going to have a look at. And what you'll notice is the way they construct the story. So move away from, well, this is funny, I love hearing it, to why is this funny? Why did he or she pause there? Or look at what they did, having said that particular point, in order to emphasise the thing that they were telling. And I've talked about comedy because that's one of the first points that people start to think about. But, but actually, the great thing about stories is you can use all sorts of emotions. So if you're going to use comedy, should you use tragedy? Should you use all sorts of other emotions? Should you use pure fact should you use some cynicism or sarcasm should you use uh, something that's a little bit cutting edge a little bit cheeky well <clears throat> probably the answer to all of these is a qualified yes you see when you tell a story that is engaging and then you drop in something funny and we think that you are just giving a work presentation the joke appears to come from nowhere and, and it's therefore its power is, is, is magnified. But, but likewise, if you're telling something that is funny and we're laughing and then you drop in the line that's your key learning point, it suddenly hits the audience far, far harder. It's a real, oh my gosh, I never saw that coming. You'll sometimes see comedians um, very, very carefully use both tragedy and comedy in the same routine or the same piece of script. Now, for my money, uh, Joan Rivers was a brilliant comedian. I, th I thought she was hilarious. Uh, she was fearless. She was fast. Her, her output rate was just phenomenal. Um, one of the last things that, that she did on television quite some years ago now, she was talking about the suicide of her husband. And you can imagine that this was quite an emotive bit of work it was you could see several of the audience were wiping tears away her voice cracked a few times and then out of the middle of this she delivered this joke and whether or not you feel that's appropriate whether or not you like Joan Rivers frankly whether or not you think that that is a step too far in this case isn't really the point but the point the point is that she used a lot of absolute awful terrible storytelling and then hit the audience with this joke and at that moment bearing in mind this is of course a comedy performance at that moment the effect on the audience was magnified because of the story she'd been telling and because of the emotions that she created at that point now i'm not suggesting you go super earnest and into super terrible sad stories about you your life or your business but just start to be aware of the power of putting something very sad next to something very funny or something very funny next to something absolutely serious. When you start to do this, you can have far more impact on your audience. Structuring your whole piece, um, you have to get what the, audience, uh, the comedians call the punchline. You have to get the punchline in the right place. You have to get your learning point in the right place. You have to get your point when the audience goes, ah, I see what they're saying there. And 
this has to get you to the point. Now, the reason you're using a story, just to remind you, is because you believe that you can land your point stronger and more effectively than by not using a story. Now, this is true so long as your story is in the right order. How do you get your story in the right order? Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's no short answer to this. There's a quite a bit of work involved. It takes a bit of editing. It takes a bit of telling the story over and over and over. Um, and that doesn't have to be in front of an audience. You can do this as you're driving or waiting for the bus or walking or exercising, whatever else you do. You just need to keep running through this story. It's partly so you're not like that person at the party who forgets the joke halfway through, but partly also because you need to ensure that the story you're telling is self-contained. In other words, you're, you're putting in all the key points that the audience need to hear so they understand the point you're making. It's really easy, because you know the story, to miss a bit out. And then you deliver your great punchline and the audience is sat there going, well, no idea what that was. They appear to have listened to a podcast called Be a Better Speaker and trying something out. I don't know what they're doing. You don't want to be in that situation. So structure it and try it and run it numerous times. And out of that point, let me give you the final point with telling stories. And the final point is if you have to explain why you've told the story, you've not picked the right story or you've not told the story well enough. You see this happen all the time. You see people tell their story, they deliver their punchline and they get no response from the audience. So then they think, yeah, I wasn't clear enough. So they'll say something like, and I think what I like about that story, and then they tell you the point that you were supposed to get. Now, the problem is, if you have to explain the punchline, if you have to explain the point of the story, the story's not good enough. Or you didn't tell it well enough. I mean, the only other alternative is you've got an incredibly slow on the uptake audience, which is possible. But let's work on the basis that it's probably down to you. So you've picked the wrong story or you've not linked it well enough so people understand why you're telling it. So... That happens after the story. Sometimes it happens before the story. You'll see, you'll see uh, presenters say, in order to try and explain what I've just been telling, let me tell you a brief story. If you're going to tell a story, I want you to have the confidence and the nerve just to deliver the story. A good story should have the strength to stand on its own. You ought to be able to just step out of what you're doing at that point and move straight into 15 years ago and you're into the story. You think about that, the moment you say 15 years ago, your audience knows we're in a new direction. Your audience switches straight in at that point. I don't know if you remember what you're doing in 2001. It's a, it's a, a structure I use a lot, by the way, the year changes. But that's a great way to suddenly make your audience go, what, where's this going? I don't know, we better listen. At the end of the story, I want that punchline. And I want that punchline to be funny or effective or powerful or thought-provoking. I want it to be any of those things. But it is like a punch. It's a punchline. It's that point at which your audience goes, <gasps> like this. However, they don't always do that. Sometimes there is no discernible change in the audience's state. Their faces don't move. Nobody opens their mouths. Nobody goes, ah. There's no round of applause. So you've got to be ready for that. If your story is well explained, if it was well positioned, if it was the right story for the point you want to make, you have to be able to, having delivered the punchline, 
switch straight back into the next bit that you're talking about. That, I think, is a good start on some storytelling basics for you. So a step on from introductory. I think we're into basics now. A little bit about where you get your stories from. Don't claim the stories as your own. Get a really good blend between comedy and tragedy and as many other emotions as you can, if it's appropriate. Sometimes people will overstate their stories, go for a really sad one or a, a wiping tears back. Motivational speakers will sometimes use this as a, as a process. It's probably not going to be appropriate at work, is it? Get the structure really strong and powerful and make sure your punchline is your last line. You can't be doing a, a, a punchline and then a bit more of the story. That's going to completely weaken it. And finally, you must remember, if your story has to be explained before or after, your story is not good enough. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to Be A Better Speaker. If you'd like to help me to keep making these podcasts for you, please consider subscribing right now. Leave a rating or leave a couple of words of encouragement. Be great to hear your reviews. My name's Graeme David, expert speaker, and this podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk.